Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Good afternoon, whatever time of day it is that you are listening, folks. Thank you very, very much for listening today. Today is the 6th of February, year of our Lord, 2023. Welcome to yet another edition of the Bun and Cardigan Show presented by The Athletic. I'm, of course, joined by the on-again, off-again man who wears the cardigan, James Edwards III of The Athletic. James, dropping a day early this week. Dropping on a Monday. Usually we wait until Tuesdays, but this is so important. It's, it's the such holiday, a, right? Yeah, it's basically, yeah, it is. I'd, I'd say for, for basketball fans, this is trade deadline week. We want to get everybody as prepped as they need to be. Um, start your week off right with all the information that you might need going into a week that in most years is maybe a little bit scary, maybe a little bit like, oh my gosh, are they going to trade away my favorite player? I think there's a little ba- little bit of that this year, but we're going to get to that in this episode. But for the most part, I think it's kind of just... You know, as a Pistons fan, you're just kind of sitting back and looking at the the flurry of action happening around the league and not really being that concerned that anything bad's going to happen to your team. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think I think so. But I think there are also people who very much like want something to happen for the sake of wanting something to happen. Like, where are you at as a fan? Like, do you like are you pissed either way? Like, are you fine with them? Just like if if. If they decide not to do anything, like, are you fine with them just, like, recalibrating in the summer? Yeah, I'd prefer that they didn't. Um, you because prefer that it, they didn't in the summer or didn't do anything this week? Sorry, I would prefer that we get to Thursday at 3.01 p.m. Eastern and nothing's happened. And you've had a completely easy week. Nothing's really gone on. You know, maybe we look forward to that, like, oh, this thing almost happened. But for the most part, I think all the deals that could potentially be on the table – um, are things that would ultimately be on the margins. You know what I mean? I don't think it's yeah. anything that would that would really set us up for the future, but rather kind of get us through the rest of this slog of a season. You know what I mean? I think there is something that hasn't really been talked about to maybe consider, and we'll get into the weeds of, I would say, probably the three main guys that have been the most talked about, which is Burks, Bogey, and, and Bay. Uh, but I also like want to bring this point up because I, I definitely don't think it's been talked about. The Pistons have a chance to, like, I don't know who the other team would be or other teams would be, but between Kojo, Noel, and Hami, the Pistons could offer, what would that be, like $15 million in cap space this summer to somebody. Uh, Kojo's on an expiring, Hami's on an expiring, and Noel has a team option. So, like, I know when people think <clears> – <throat> Like, naturally, when people think about trades and they think about, like, assets and value, they think about the player or, or draft picks. But, um, and again, this free agency class isn't super-duper great, but you just never know who wants to get out of a... I don't know if that's uh, true. I, I think it's really good. It's just not a lot yeah. of the guys are gettable. Yeah, it's not. I said really, really great. I thought you said it's, it's not really, really great. It's not. It's good. Like, you, I agree. It's good. Okay, it's, okay. It's fine. Okay. Semantics. Sure. Don't don't worry about a sweetheart. Yeah. <laughs> 
Don't worry about it. This that splat. Sorry, I was watching that today for the first time in a while. This that splat. Um, so, listen, I'm not saying that anything happens with those three contracts. I'm just saying if something may be outside of the box or maybe there's something. I, I'm just trying to take you into the mind of like a front office that maybe fans don't think about because, again, they think about the big names. They think about the draft picks when it comes to assets. But offering up and also with that, people are like might assume like oh they got cap space like blah 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 well trading 15 million in cap space to get somebody now is using the cap space they're just pushing it forward so not saying that that is going to happen i'm just saying that is a a, those three contracts are something that we haven't really thought about um and at 15 million um it's maybe it's possible that there you could bring in somebody to to fill a need uh but that's just oh yeah it's just some something that I wanted to bring up on the pod that we haven't really talked about, like that possibility of granting a team 15 million in cap space this off season. Does it also kind of put the Pistons in a good, and I'm genuinely asking, does it put Detroit in a, in a position where they could be the third team in one of these like OG Ananobi type deals? You know, some salary has to get moved around. We got some expiring deals with some, you know, serviceable players. Is that something that you could see happening? I haven't looked at their cap situation like as it stands. I don't know how much under the cap they are right now to take in extra salary. Sure, yeah. Uh, and I think that's the big thing more so than – I think what other teams are looking for is maybe there's a guy they want to get this offseason or luxury tax bill stuff, um, and they can get off money this summer or whatever. But I think that's more so – like where you could see – like somebody, somebody might – I'm just throwing this out there again as a hypothetical – Noel, Kojo, and Hami, and I'm again. I'm not sure that they trade Hami. Hami's been really good for two months. I'm just hypothetical people. Those three, somebody might hear those three names and say they traded it for like a B minus wing, and people are like, oh, the Pistons fleece this team. Well, like yeah, on paper, but the team's getting 15 million in cap space. Like those are that's like a type of deal that I wouldn't be surprised if maybe like the front office is is looking for. But other than that, um. Yeah, man, I don't know how – I still – obviously I had my story up in The Athletic that went up on Sunday morning, like my final What I'm Hearing column. A lot part of three. Goody, part three, yeah, the, the, the last installment. The trilogy. The trilogy. <laughs> I timed that perfectly. Um, so there's a bunch of nuggets in there about what I've heard leading into this week, and we'll talk about some of that stuff here. But I just – I have a good sense – I don't know. Like, I, I, I truly don't th- – I wouldn't be surprised if they don't trade one of those three. Like, I'm leaning more toward, like – the only one I'm really, like, feel like could be moved is Sadiq. But I still, just based on talking to people, is the, I still don't feel like that's going to happen. And we've talked about it before. Like, we both would be afraid to trade Sadiq. And he's sure. been kind of balling lately. Yeah, I was going to say, I this was a point that I was going to bring up on the show. I didn't really know how I was going to fit it in because I knew we weren't totally going to be recapping, like, recent basketball. But – for the last, uh, what do you want to say, maybe two weeks, kind of been back, kind of been like the Sadiq Bay that we've been expecting that we're going to see. It was also nice to see uh, against, I think, Phoenix, uh, Isaiah's, uh, I should say, Isaiah Stewart's three ball kind of going down again. I think he went three of eight. That was nice yeah, to see, fin- too. He started 0 of 5 and, and then finally saw one go down and then made the next two. Yeah. Yeah. And I said so- something to him in the locker room. I was like, you only needed one. He's like, oh, I'm back, baby. <laughs> um well, that's one of those things. Didn't didn't we? Uh, maybe we were texting about this. I, I don't remember. 
um, where we kind of wanted to talk about from a, a, a oh, I'm sorry, this was an email. So maybe actually we can get to this a little bit later. Instead, let's stay uh, on topic trade deadline stuff. Let's talk about the story that you wrote. Fun fact, I actually haven't read it yet because I knew we were going to discuss it on the show. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want it to be spoiled and I kind of wanted some some genuine, you know, like some authenticity to some, you know, reaction some, stuff if there's any something to chew on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what 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 you get into in that story, James? And again, now that the Kyrie deal has happened, like maybe there are teams that get more desperate and the teams go and Maybe meet the Pistons' asking price for Bogey. Um, I still am of the sense that he doesn't get traded before Thursday. That's, that obviously could change. That is my thoughts as of us recording it this weekend on Sunday and what I wrote going into Sunday, so Friday, Saturday. Just talking to people and <clears throat> trying to gauge, as I've been trying to lay out, like the the, the plan going forward. I think Alec Burks is more likely to get an extension than get traded. So that's true. I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I well, I don't know if it's true because it hasn't happened, but I think it's more likely, yes. Because there was the Jake Fisher. That was how I saw it. I apologize. I don't know if you said it first. I'm not doing this. Who oh, said I didn't. It first? I didn't did? see. He, I didn't see. He said. I put it in my story today, though. Got well. Okay. Well, that would explain why I didn't see it. Because that's what I saw this morning, and I was going to text you, and then you know, because we've said, look. I don't want to do this whole thing again, actually. Never mind. But because I saw what the source was, I was a little bit skeptical of it. But you're saying that there Aww. is a chance that we kind of re-roll the dice, like similar to how we did it with Bogdanovich, where you lock him down for, I don't know what, two more years. A, that makes him a little bit more tradable. B, worst case scenario. Okay, cool. We have Alec Burks on our team for a little bit while this team starts to really get good. You know what I mean? So so you think that that is in, within the realm of possibility? Yes, I do. Um, I... I am almost certain that even if there isn't an extension reach like anytime soon, I am I am fairly confident that he is not traded by Thursday. I think he goes into the summer of Piston. Um, now the one that I the most of the the article spent time on on Sadiq, um, okay. because I still don't think they're overly well. Not think I've. Mix of think based on educated, uh, not educated guesses, but just based on conversations, I'm of the belief that they're not overly eager to trade with all three. And that's another thing I kind of want to clear up for fans too. Like, we obviously don't, they don't, it's very rare that people just come out and tell you exactly what the plan is, but like you have conversations and you can assume certain things and you talk to other people around only. Like, that's just pretty much how it works. So, um, like I, I again, I don't, I don't think they're overly eager to move those three. And again, that can change in the minutes and seconds leading up to the deadline. Uh, but as of right now, I think with Bogey and Burks, they hold all the leverage, right? Bogey is under contract next year, and the year after that, on a very team-friendly deal, Alec Burks team option next year for ten million. Like you're going to get a guy that that's good of a score. It's going to be hard to get him for ten million if you're Detroit. So it works out that way. Like that's why I think they hold all the leverage. They have them on contracts that are suitable for next season when the team is hoping to compete. Now the thing with Sadiq is, and you know, we've talked about it before. I already mentioned it. We both would be afraid to trade Sadiq. Just the way he works. Uh, the, the the ability to score in bunches. Obviously, the defense is the reason we're even having this conversation, right? 
Um, but the offense, when he's going, and and I still think there's going to come a day where the, the consistency is going to be there. I just, I, I just, there's something that I think if if he gets traded, like I could see it clicking or something. Like I would just be afraid because the dude can score in bunches. So, but with that said, and when I talk to people around the league, he seems to be the most gettable of those three. And and it makes sense, right? Because they have to start thinking about extensions for Sadiq, Isaiah, and Killian. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, I mean, obviously the presence of Bogey, his extension, how efficient of a scorer he is, similar role to Bay, right? Almost people might think he's expendable. They obviously, everybody, not everybody, but if, if you read my Q&A with Troy, and I've been saying it for before then, they, they are also high on – Isaiah Livers as a solid 3 and D piece moving forward, right? Another guy that plays Sadiq's position and will likely be cheaper. So, like, you connect the dots and you talk to people around the league. This is why you think – they think that he is more gettable than the other two. But I, I still just don't think it's a given that they part with him, right? I mean, he's a legit NBA player already at 23. There's room to improve. Um, I still – don't believe and it's of my understanding that they won't deal them unless there's an offer they can't refuse but again things can change it's just kind of the sense i've gotten over the last few weeks um but another thing i really want to kind of hit on that i don't think um has really been talked about when it comes to the bogey bay extension thing the rookie extension i think it is possible that Detroit takes two of the three into restricted free agency next summer. I think that's possible. Meaning, like, you think there's a chance that two out of those three, they could roll the dice and just say, hey, if somebody wants to pay him X amount of money, go yes. ahead and tr- – okay. That would not surprise me. I I think Isaiah Stewart gets an extension before October. The yeah, other I agree two, with that, yeah. The other two, I'm not sure. And the only reason I'm not sure with Sadiq is because I could, I could see how his team – the extension that they might want, I could see how his team maybe thinks it's higher than what the Pistons want to pay. Just based on, like, he's had a 51-point game. He scored multiple 20, late 20s, 30s. He's a scorer, right? I could understand that. The Pistons could also say, well, let's go see what another team is willing to give you. And when they do that, they also have – you keep Sadiq around all of next year. You let him go into restricted free agency. All of next year, you get to see if – 35 year old bogey falls off or 34 he'll he'll be 34 soon 34 year old bogey falls off in that case that he does and he slips the next year after that you can get rid of him for basically no price that's bogey i'm talking about and then you could re-sign sadiq so to me it almost kind of makes sense if you're the pistons unless a team really wants sadiq to just let him go into restricted free agency um let let his season play out, analyze and evaluate Bogey, see if Bogey is starting to slip at all. Then if he is, then you have Bay right there on a new deal, ready to go, filling that void. Um, so I think there are – I'm curious how they handle Sadiq specifically um, from now until October because is there a world where he could get a rookie extension? Yeah, there is. Yeah. Could you, and does it make sense what I just laid out about letting him go into restricted free agency? Yeah, if you're the team, it does make sense. Um, could the draft, you end up with Brandon Miller or something? Does that even change 
do they relook at moving him in the summer if something happens? So it's going to be an. I would hate to be a player in that situation, but like it certainly feels like these. If he's not traded before the deadline, like it's still going to be some uncertain uncertainty for the next year and some change, right? Yeah, and I think that everything that you just laid out. Let's assume that that's the 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 vision of the front office, and they're viewing it the, the exact same way. Um, then that would explain why there's not really an eagerness to trade him because the only way that they would is if it's some overpay, right? Even if it's some substantial overpay or some want something on the margins. Like if you're getting quote unquote more than you were expecting to get, then you do it. But otherwise it's like we are com- more than comfortable with letting this thing ride out. And then if, you know, in the summer of 2024, somebody wants to overpay him, then they're more than welcome to do that. Can I, can I back this up for a, a quick second to the Bogdanovich thing? Sure. Um, you had mentioned that with the Kyrie trade happening, you know, it definitely opens up the market a little bit for some of these contending teams um, because now there's not, you know, you don't have five teams kind of holding the league hostage because we're trying to f- facilitate this Kyrie thing, which at some point in this, we'll wait until we're done with the Pistons. Uh, I do want to spend like two minutes on the Mavs Brooklyn deal. I do want to talk about that a little bit, but um, you had mentioned that that trade may make teams a little bit more willing to, uh, to give the uh, to to pay the Pistons asking price for Bogdanovich, if the if the Nets got an unprotected first for Kyrie, are we sure we could get an unprotected first for Bogdanovich? Because that math doesn't really math to me. Do you get what I'm saying? <laughs> um, I think a little different circumstances there, just because i mean the nets had leverage but like not a lot of leverage not a ton actually right but they also got a i mean they got two starter level players and a first uh so that's a good return the lakers reportedly so they say offered their two unprotected firsts for Kyrie. um whether i'm gonna assume that is true i don't know um i don't cover the lakers or the Nets. I'd say so that's, I, but but that sounds right. I have no reason to believe that that's not true. Uh, I mean, if I were a GM who didn't particularly want to trade my two firsts, but everybody wants me to, I would maybe leak it out there that I offered it. Do we think that Palinka really didn't want to trade those firsts? Do we really think that? Because I, I mean, come on. I, you know I, I mean, I would be hesitant to give Kyrie Irving. I would be hesitant to trade my two firsts that I only have for possibly a rental of Kyrie Irving or four-year deal of Kyrie Irving. Yeah, sure. I would. But again, he may, I'm going to work off the assumption that they did offer it. I'm not not going to assume it's a lie. But so when I don't think that the Lakers go there for Bogey, like to me, it still doesn't sound like they're that desperate. To be honest, um, agreed. And I just don't know, in principle, like if you're admitting or if it's gotten out there that you've offered two firsts for Kyrie and then you turn around and offer two firsts for Bogey, it's like I don't know if that's just the Well the, then that would indicate if 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 there's a if there's a report out there that says Rob Palenka offered two firsts for Kyrie Irving, and that's not to say we would get two for Bogdanovich, then it would kind of reflect pretty poorly on Rob Palenka that you offered the same but then it's like, well, what else were they going to offer for Kyrie? You know what I mean? Because offering that for Bogdanovich makes complete sense because that's kind of the most valuable asset that you have is the first that they do, which we covered on this show a few weeks ago, how that's kind of dumb. Those picks don't actually mean anything. Um, uh, I, don't, I don't agree with that, but I think it's dicey because 
timeline wise, it adds up. Like if if it was the freaking Milwaukee Bucks offering those picks, and Giannis is thirty five, that kind of makes sense because the the Bucks aren't going to be able to likely. The Lakers don't have to rebuild most of the time because they're Los Angeles. So the reason those picks sound good is because, yes, the roster that it has, like LeBron will be gone by the time those picks kick in, Russ will be gone, Anthony Davis will be on his last leg probably. It sounds like potential top ten picks. But it's the Lakers who can sign any free agent, who players force the trades to. Like, you know what I mean? That's why it's dicey. That's why I always kind of wanted to stay away from those. Yeah, but this is the the take that I had a few weeks ago, and I said this. Again, I mean this in in a genuinely respectful way. It's stupid if you are a rebuilding team to trade for those picks because we aren't even sure if the wheels are going to get off the ground with this thing. Like, I know that this season is kind of a wash and it's just not been fun to watch because the guy that you drafted to orchestrate all of the other players that you've been drafting recently is out for the year, right? So it's kind of just, you got to dust your hands off and chalk it up. Hey, maybe we'll, we'll figure it out next year. But like, I just don't know if it's really that smart to trade for picks that are so far in the future. Again, this isn't a pick that's in 2025. We're talking about a draft that's in four years. We're talking about a guy that if he's drafted, you know, first overall, he's like a 16-year-old right now, right? If not a little bit younger than that. We don't even know that Troy's going to have a job then. We don't know that for sure. So I wouldn't, as a general manager, want to trade for picks that I don't even know if I'm going to be able to make those picks. I I agree with you, but I also think the one thing you're missing in that is you get those picks to trade them. And if the, you're 100% right, and I think that's what we also talked about, is if the, if that's your motivation and you're just using them as like a you, – you're, you're trading for them knowing that, like, I don't really care who makes this pick because we're just going to use it to flip for, you know, Devin Booker in two years when we want to, you know, make that big all-in trade. Um, you know, you also mentioned something earlier about uh, luxury tax. And it's been a few years since we as fans have had to kind of look at the books and, and scratch our heads and be like, I don't know. Like, man, this luxury tax stuff – can I, you know, the thing about Tom Gores is like once we do get to that point and I incessantly bother you with this stuff all the time, like one day this team's not going to have any money and it's not going to be fun again, but at least we'll be good. If nothing else, Tom Gores strikes me as a guy who wants to win so desperately that he will pay the tax. You know what I mean? If it comes to that, he will pay a certain amount over the tax. I th- I think you are correct. Yes, I think if they had a team that was legitimately in contention i i think you are correct i think he would pay into the luxury tax yes that's really reassuring to hear Uh looking for an assist with your credit card but you can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 us-based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep you heard that right you can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply. Uh, 
what else do we got going on? Actually, you know, on the Alec Burks thing, too, you talk about if you want to just kind of sit back and, and, and watch all the action from afar, take a backseat to the trade deadline if you're Troy Weaver. A lot of the guys that we have that are on these tradable deals, it's like if I'm a team and maybe the guy that I wanted to trade up for in the draft, you know, that that scoring guard, maybe somebody, you know, traded ahead. They just had a, a, a better, better package. They got the guy that we wanted to get. Is Alec Burks not like a pretty decent consolation prize to missing out on somebody in the draft? Like, I, I'm not talking about age and like from a development standpoint, but if you're one of those fringe teams who's like kind of in purgatory and just needs that little extra punch off the bench, like I'm willing to give up the, you know, 47th pick in the draft if I know that I got Alec Burks walking through the door. What do you think about that? Kick the can down the road on that. Uh, you'll have to explain to me again a little more clear like what are you what are you trading for if you're Detroit like what are you trying to trade up you're trying to only trade up to 47 is that what no, you're no, saying no 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 hold on I'm saying if it's draft night and I'm a team who you know I tried to trade up into the first round or something to go get Aaron Neesmith or something right just using that as like an arbitrary example but oh. some other team outbid me and now we didn't get the guy that was on our board it's like well who do we have left it's like well we have this 47th pick um, so instead of making this pick, why don't we just give it to Detroit and then they can send us Alec Burks or something like that? Does that make a little bit more sense? Yeah, I'd rather have Alec Burks and pick 47, but I know what you're saying. You don't like, want Imani Bates? We're, <laughs> we're doing that Bates. next week. I'm goofing. Yeah, we're we're going to do the Imani Bates thing next week. Next week is our pre-draft. I'm kidding. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm trying to think. So, my yeah, this is going to be interesting. Um I'm of the, so today we're recording this on a Sunday. I don't see where the, the Pistons had all of today off there because they have had a back to back Friday, Saturday. So there was no practice, no game on Sunday. So, like, part of me think was thinking, like, if something's going to happen, good day to do it. Right. But then there's dominoes that had to fall. Kyrie, I still think OG is kind of holding up the trade market even more than Kyrie. Honestly, I think that was just only a certain amount of teams in the race for that. Um, so, yeah, they play Monday night, the day you're listening to this. They are scheduled to practice Tuesday and then fly to Cleveland on Tuesday. They play the Cavaliers on Wednesday, and then trade deadline is Thursday. So that obviously does not mean anything. The, these front offices have no issue letting a guy practice with them and then trading them. But I just still don't get the sense that Do I think Detroit makes a trade. I don't necessarily think it's Bay, Bogey, or Burks. So, Nerlens Noel, come on down. Pack your bags. That's I think because who else would it be? Hamadou? I think Nerlens, maybe there's something that, like I said, where you package your expirings to help a team out um, right. this summer and you're able to get like a solid wing that you've been looking for. Karis um, Yeah, I mean, if you want. Yeah, I mean. Listen, because you keep saying Karis LeVert, and it makes every time I say it, it makes me sound like I don't like Karis LeVert. I'm a Karis LeVert fan, but like, I just don't get the point of Karis LeVert when you have Alec Burks already. Well, we don't. Well, we don't. As far as I'm concerned, we don't because we're going to get the 47th pick for. Remember him? Remember we just we just <laughs> yeah, went over that. Right, so we right, need Karis right. LeVert. Yeah, you're going to have Amani Bates and uh, Karis LeVert <laughs> running your second unit in 2022. <laughs> Four or whatever you were in. Can I give uh, you a player comp for Alec Burks? And I, I always trust you to to you know rein me in if I say something crazy. So giving a I player comp for a thirty two year old is crazy. <laughs> well, the guy's younger than him too, so that's what makes it a little bit better. I always get them mixed up because they just do the same stuff. 
Damian Dotson and Alec Stop. Burks are Stop. like the same guy. See, this is when like people like are upset that I'm doing the show with you. When you Whoa. say things, when you say <laughs> Damian Dotson is out of the league. You know, it's, I was going to preface it with, I, I don't mean to sound like a casual here. I don't know if he's actually in the league or not. He's not I didn't in the think league. He, didn't think he was. Alec Burks is one of the best bench scorers in the league and has been for a while. You just remember Damian Dotson because the trade that you just remember him almost getting traded for Luke, that rumor being out there, and that just always stuck with you. The only Luke trades that I ever like have banked and stored and I think about routinely are the Javon Carter slash Elio Cobo uh, Phoenix rumors that never <laughs> about ob- that. obviously never came to fruition. But, dude, I was like crying in my apartment when that Woj bomb uh, dropped. No, I mean, Damian Dotson was, you know, for the Cavs, for the Knicks. He was a he was a, he was a point scorer for sure. There are levels to this, my friend. Yes, yeah, I mean, you know, but you are, else- you are a true sicko. You are comparing a guy who has been in the league for almost 10 years, a professional scorer, a bucket, <laughs> to a guy who came into the league in his 20s and left the league in his 20s. Yeah, because they played the same. He just didn't you know, score as many points. You know what? It's like, wrap the alphabet backwards. I'm going to read the Damian Dotson stats. You ready? Yeah. I'm going to say, what did he get, five or six years in the league? He played for, I think, three. He played for the Knicks. He played for the Cavs, like I said. I think there's another team or two in there somewhere. He's currently in, oh, my gosh. Is he in Europe? Buyuk. Fam, I can't even try. I'm sorry. <laughs> he put up 15 on February 5th, though, for the for Buyuk. Buyuk. Bruh, I can't even do it. This is bad. Uh, he plays... How many years in the league did he have? All right, let me let me click on his stats. Sorry, he the internet's a little slow here. He came into the league in do 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 do. It's still loading. Has anybody ever made a beat out of that? Out of the Jeopardy theme? Surely they have. Come on, you could probably go on YouTube and find about eighty of those. You are so disrespectful, fam. What? He came into the league at 23 and was out at 27. He played, what was that, what, four or five years then? He, Depending played on for, when he... he played for the Knicks for this first three years, Cleveland, and then went back to the Knicks for two games. The most he averaged in one season was 10 points. Yeah. He averages a career seven and a half points. Yep. Shot 34% from three and 41% from the field. He That's shot... like a legit NBA player. I don't, like, if, 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 if I drafted it, I don't know if I want to draft that guy. If that was like a... Where would can, I be comfortable? You getting can find a, that anywhere. Anywhere. Good splits like, though. Those are decent can, splits. No, they're not. I'd like to 41, bump, 34, 71. I'd like to bump the three point percentage to like thirty seven. If I could get thirty seven out of a guy and he averages, you know, seven off the pine, that's what Killian Hayes does and, and people you know what I mean? Like well, what no, are we talking well, about here? Well, let me make this clear. He averaged ten points per game one season and he started forty of seventy three games. He wasn't averaging ten off the pine. We have spent an awful yeah, a, a lot of time here on Damian Dotson. I'm not going to let you slander Alec Burks like that. <laughs> I meant it in an endearing way. You know how I am I with know these tertiary guys. Let's, I know let's, you did. That's the, that's the problem. That's why I love you, but that's why the people hate you. 
let's st- Jesus Christ. Let's steer the boat <laughs> back into the into the into the channel here. Let's let's get back onto the Pistons trade deadline stuff. Right. Somebody had asked us via email. I do not have it in front of me, so I don't have a, a name or anything. So I apologize. But um, they were asking about you know if you had to, and I think it's something that we kind of touched on. Actually, it was maybe last week. Um, so I apologize. Don't worry about it, sweetheart. Nice. That one actually worked. So I apologize if we're just rehashing this. Um, the question essentially boiled down to if you had to rank like, you know, in five years, who do I know is going to be on this basketball team? I think what we settled on last week was Cade and Stu. End of list. In five years, no, 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 who's no, no, guaranteed no. to be on this team? No, no, no. We didn't, I, don't, I don't think that was the conversation. Well, it was, it was about the same, is it not? What would I you would say? say I would What's say Duran. Oh, I'm sorry. I, oh, Jesus. Yes, and Jalen Duran. I agree. Um, live. No, eh, I mean, I, I don't want to. I don't want to promise that he. Uh, to my knowledge, he got. He didn't play in the second half last night, and they played Knox instead. He's. He had five turnovers on Friday. Night. I obviously. To your still knowledge, well, weren't you there? Yeah, but like we they. We didn't get to the weeds. We're like, so why did you bring in Kevin Knox instead of Isaiah Livers in the third quarter? Like, that's, right. yeah. you know, I mean, I don't know if we're going to – we all kind of wanted to get home. Um, <laughs> it wasn't that big a deal to us. But, I mean, I obviously still believe in Isaiah, and I think Isaiah Livers is going to be a solid player in this league. But, I mean, he has struggled the last two games. And to my can't knowledge, he wasn't, he wasn't injured or anything. Yeah, and he went to Knox. So I just can't guarantee that. Um, but I know they really like him. I really like him. I think there's a chance, certainly. Um, I mean, obviously, Ivy is the one that everyone's like, Ivy, why haven't they said Ivy? I think it's very likely. I think it is very, very likely. But as we've talked about, if the Pistons are going to make that big swing trade, uh, which certainly, would, if it happens, would be within the next five years, I mean, one of these guys has to be the centerpiece. Yeah. So that's why I, I well, just think – I was going to save this for – I apologize for cutting you off. I was going to save this for um, next week because we're, you know, going to be doing the pre-draft thing. But, like, can we call be... it? Can we call it right now that we're going to take All-Star Week off? Why? Like, what's, like let's just take a break. Oh, I get it because it's like, what do you want us to talk about the yeah. Rising Stars game? Yeah, no. We'll talk about it when we get back. Yeah, maybe you're right. Well, let's put a pin we'll in We'll do that. this week. We'll do next week. And then we'll take the following week off. Yeah, maybe I'll just go rogue and do like a weird 15-minute solo thing where I'm like, I give obscure comps. I do more like Damian Dotson, Alec Burks. We'll yeah, cross the bridge when we fun. get there. But right. but for now, I agree. Maybe we'll take that week off. But anyways, I was gonna I was gonna dish out this take next week. Um, and again, hey, I said you'll you'll rein me in if I say something crazy and you attempted to do it. Can I throw out another one? Yes. If you are the Pistons and you land the second pick or the third pick, but mainly with like the second pick. First of all, I think there's a real conversation that needs to be had that it might be Brandon Miller, not Scoot Henderson. And if you do end up doing that, are you do you kind of put yourself in a position or if you end up wanting to draft Scoot Henderson, if that's what you want to do, and you have this like Halliburton for Sabonis-esque trade on the deal, right? Where you're like, really? They already gave up? They already traded this guy? But it's to go get that bigger fish that kind of puts you over the edge. Like you said, somebody has to be the centerpiece, right? And who has the most value out of all the guards? Cade Cunningham, but you're not trading Cade Cunningham because he's the foundation. Who's after that? It would be Jaden Ivey, and it would be because you had a replacement of Scoot Henderson or you got Brandon Miller, and the guy that you're trading for is like a Devin Booker type or something like that. You know what I mean? And I don't think it would – 
I don't think you would be able to like using Halliburton for Sabonis. No, that's a, that's a, a good that's a great example. In theory it is, but I don't think you could get a player on Sabonis's level unless you threw in like Sadiq or something or you threw in some future capital cuz I just don't think yeah, it's just wasn't not that, there. wasn't that deal straight up Halliburton for Sabonis? I'm surely there were some other pieces I I, in there. I thought that was straight up. Or wait, Buddy, no Buddy. Buddy went with him, right? That's how Buddy, Buddy ended up in Indiana. I'm, you're right. Yeah, you're yeah. 100% right. Yeah. So, I mean, again, Ivy's been really good lately. Uh, I'm not so asking to no, trade him. I want to clarify no, that. I'm no, no, not no, no, but I'm saying to. like there's – I mean, I wouldn't be surprised with his trajectory where he's as good as Halliburton at that point of the trade. Right. And listen, we're not sitting here saying that they're going to trade Ivy, nor are we saying that it's wise to trade Ivy, nor are we uh, pounding the table for them to trade Ivy. We are talking about the possibility that will come one day when the big, the next big fish becomes available – and the Pistons are starting to win some games. They need to get to that next step, and they have to make that trade. Right now, when you look at the roster, the guy who has the value, who you probably who you don't want to get up, but if you need to make that step, you got to get. It just that's just what we're talking about. We're not saying we're not advocating to trade them. And that's why I it's think, nice to draft good players sometimes is because they make good trade pieces. I also think this was you need to stick to more things like this. Like this was good. You were potting right there. <laughs> Leave random names. Out it of wouldn't your head. be this like show. Damian it wouldn't be the same show. I still think the only reason you think about Damian Dotson is because there was rumors the Knicks offered him for. Luke I don't even Dodson. remember that, and that's that. That tells you something. The fact that I remember. The, and then like, I, I think Nuke, And then I think Luke gave the Knicks like twenty, like a day after that or something. Like he, I was like, that was just the most ridiculous trade offer. Or I like still rumor. Like to this day, I don't like Javon Carter because of those rumors. Elio Kobo was he had a stint with the Nets, and I don't know if he's in the league or not anymore. But Javon Carter, I still and it sucks because he plays for the Bucks, which is a team that I like routinely enjoy watching. And right? he's actually so, pretty good, and he's kind of good, yeah. right? But every time he's in, hater, hater of the year, this guy right here, uh, because of those because of those trade rumors. Um, do you have anything else on the uh, on the Pistons front? And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms and restrictions apply. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. No, I think we cover everything trade wise. Uh, again, if all right, so if you're putting a, a uh, if you're putting a BB gun to my thigh, yeah, um, stakes aren't very big here, but yeah, go ahead. I, I, I just don't think that one of Bogey Burks or Sadiq gets traded before Thursday. If one does, I think it, it just based on. People I've talked to, I think it's Sadiq. I do think they, if the over under is a half a trade, I think they go over. 
if you're just asking me to put if you're asking me to put my stamp on something going into this week, I think they at least make one trade. Yeah, so that just boils down to will get, they or won't they? And yes, they will. If it's half. I think they I think they make at least one trade. I don't and I don't necessarily think it involves the three bigger names. And if they do, can we just set a precedent? It's gonna stink and we're not gonna care. Like it's gonna be something dumb and for something boring and something that we have to pretend that we're excited about. But that, ooh, this is twenty thirty six second round pick. It's like, who cares? Thumb I don't care. Here. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's one thing that I've like noticed is like people just want trades for the sake of trades. Like if, yeah. if it makes more sense for them to do it in the summer, they should do it in the summer, not to appease you in the middle of the season of a. Well, it's just because we don't have anything else going on, and it would be fun to like have a different roster in two K or something. Not that I yeah, play two K, but it. for the sake of it, you know what's crazy. It. Dude, Carson Edwards was in our team photo last year. What in the world? What is that all about? Like, yeah. I know why, but it's like you don't think they – respectfully, they wouldn't have just been like, hey, Carson, maybe, like, go grab some water or something while we take this photo. <laughs> no, I think technically, like, if, say, the Pistons won the championship last year, Carson would have got a ring. Yeah, he would have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, Or I think they would have – he might not have – I think they would have been eligible to extend one to him. He doesn't have to take it. But I it's one think, of those, yeah. I think that's how that works. I forgot what the not the rule, but kind of the etiquette is on that. Well, most guys usually just uh, well, if he was on the roster the night that we won the finals, he would have taken it. But if you do right. the reverse of that, where a so guy he played gets like traded five games in November and then gets shipped or something, they usually or, just say no. Yeah, or even just like cut or waived. Like technically, he's still part of the championship team, but right. I don't. Yeah, I don't know how it works. I, so, I forgot how it works. Let's spend a minute or two uh, uh, on the Kyrie thing. Because Wait, I, there was one thing you wanted to get to, or do you want to save it for after Kyrie? Well, this is still basketball related, so I want to I want to do this part no, first, no, no, and then no, no, we'll no. get to there that. was a ba- another basketball thing, the nugget that I threw in in oh, the trade piece. Ladies and gentlemen, boys you and girls, you said you want to talk about. It. Do you still want to? I do. I'm. I, thank you for reminding me because I would have been really upset if I like if we finished and I was like, oh, we forgot to mention this thing. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls around the world, Jeremy Grant, there may be a reunion coming james what have you heard um i am of the belief that if sure front offices across the country they make their draft boards they make their free agency boards guys that they think they can get guys that they think they can target guys that they're interested in picking guys they want to if we pick in this range if we have this type of money whatever i think that the pistons will explore bringing back Jeremy Grant and um, just connecting the dots. Portland reportedly offered him an extension. He didn't take it. Um, He's a free agent this summer. He left on good terms in Detroit. Him and Troy are still super close. Um, A lot of the same guys on the team that are pre-existing relationships and chemistry. Yep. Sadiq, him and Sadiq are tight. Him and Isaiah are tight. Cade are tight. Like, Jalen Duran worked out with the Blazers pre-draft, yeah, so that can, counts. He can meet them then. <laughs> and people are like, "Why would you? Why would he do that? Why would they do that?" Well, one, there's still a great relationship, to my knowledge, between them, Jeremy, and the Pistons front office. Um, he loves Detroit. I mean, he did choose to come to Detroit. Mm-hmm. Um, and people are like, "Well, why would the Pistons do that?" Well, this team looks a lot better with Jeremy on it when you're able to flip Jeremy into Duran and Bogey and then still bring Jeremy back. So that team, they're the type of player they're missing is exactly Jeremy Grant. They just had to trade him to get 
to kind of strip it down a little bit more, to go get the possible franchise center, to go get another valuable piece in bogey. And now if you can bring them back, that's ideal. I'm not saying it will happen. I'm not saying it's a lock to happen. I'm saying I think I'm pretty confident it'll be explored as long as Jeremy enters free agency this summer. So a few things on this front. Uh, one, if it happens, flex of the year uh, goes to Troy Weaver. We didn't do the Motown Noah Awards last year. We'll have If we do them again this year, I'm sorry, we will only do them again this year if this happens so we can award Troy Weaver with the flex of the year. Um, but a few things I should on get this. an award, too, if it happens because this is it's January and I'm calling this as a possibility. You, yeah, touche, actually. Um, a few things on this. One, it actually ends up being way better of a situation than it was when he was originally here. And on the surface, you're like, duh, we have better players and we're in a better situation. But I mean in terms of like, at this point in his career, Jeremy Grant has done everything in every role. In the beginning of his career, he was in the the tier of like grunts of the NBA, right? On the Sixers, where he's on a losing team. He's like a ninth option. He's not doing anything. And then what was the other team? Oklahoma City, right? But then he goes to... Then he goes to Denver, and he's like this, still a tertiary guy, but he's moving up in the food chain. So now he's like fourth, fifth fiddle. Okay, he's learning how to play with with better players. Then he comes to Detroit, bets on himself, and is a number one option for two years. Right. Then he goes to Portland and is like a number two option. He's been so he knows, this year. dude. He doesn't miss. Like this yeah. year, if he puts up a shot, it's like I I expect that it's going to be going in. Yeah. Right. So, so it's one of those things where if he comes back to Detroit, and it's like now he is experienced every role in like the food chain in the pecking order and being able to slot yourself in whatever role it is that your team needs on a nightly basis there's so much value in that and it's and it's because of that that i have this question i kind of already know the answer um a few years ago it's three years for 60 million to jeremy grant now i'm assuming we're bumping that to what four for 85 or something it's going to be more money yeah i'm trying to remember um whoa hold on can is this breaking that? news? What's no, going on? Can you hear that? No. I don't I heard know an what's... alarm go off. Do you not hear this ad that's going off on my phone as I'm trying oh, now to Google I something? Now I, I don't it. know what it's from. Hold on. I'm sorry, people. Okay. I'm trying to look up Jeremy Grant contract because I believe there is a... Okay. So here it is. Jer- Jeremy told the Athletics Jason Quick... Um that Portland offered him a four-year, $112 million max contract, right? Hmm. Um, he – sorry for all this excess noise, people. Uh, Quick noted that their highest offer for Grant climbs to $233 million over five years starting July 1st. So they could go up to the Portland because they have his bird rights and all that stuff. Could go up yep. five years to – any other team could go up to $174 million over four years. That's the max another team could go. Um, That's absurd, no? So that'd be $43 million a year. I still don't think... I still think Jeremy's more in, like, the... At max, like, 25 to 30 range. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't be opposed to four for, like, 120 or three for uh, 90. 90, yeah. Uh, But you never know. Like, I, I... I would be surprised if the Blazers gave him five for 233. It's not. I like Jeremy as a player. Yeah, I like Jeremy as a player, but that would be. I wouldn't expect five for 233. And then I wouldn't expect any other team to do the four for 174. So, like, I think he somewhere settles maybe a little over 30 million, but like 30 ish million. 
um, I would pay that for like a B to B plus two way wing. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah. I, look, I, I, maybe I just, I, I've consistently said that money isn't even real on the NBA and $25, dollars $25, $25 million isn't that much anymore, but Am I crazy? If anybody paid Jeremy Grant $200 million, and I love the guy, I would laugh that GM out of the building. Is that not just insane? Like, it's like, you're like kind of just, you know, paying it as is like, yeah, I don't really know if that's likely. No, 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 no. I don't know how that's likely at all. I actually think he'll probably end up settling around their initial offer, which according to the Athletics, Jason Quick was four years, $112 million. Uh, and like, I can get on board with that. I think that's probably the – I wouldn't – I'd be – especially because Portland might not make the playoffs. It might not work. Like, that's $28 million a year. Like, if you're the Pistons and you can get Jeremy for $28 million a year, like, if you, and you can keep Boyan, and obviously you have Duran and you have the draft pick coming in, like, I would seriously consider that. Um, yeah. But for those, again, I'm not saying that it will for sure happen. I am saying that I, I feel that the Pistons will seriously explore it as long as – Jeremy's a free agent this coming summer. This is so exciting to me when we were texting about this the other day and I was kind of like, yeah, you know, I could see it. And then you just, you just, you know, held my hand and walked me through it. And I just was like on the table pounding my chest, like, ah, it's happening. I can't believe this is happening. Would be really, really exciting uh, for me. So now, now are we safe to do the, a quick two minutes on Kyrie? Sure. Cool. So because I think we're going to be spending most of this ripping the trade apart and calling it really dumb, as most people are, I think at this point it's kind of the consensus that, like, are we sure about this for Dallas? Are we sure? Brooklyn, congrats. You won. But Dallas, are we sure about this? Let me just say this really quick yeah, as, like, a, on a positive note for the trade again before we tear it apart. If I'm Dallas, I'm thinking, like, you know, those picks, like, how much are they really going to matter? Like, you did ship away your entire 2029 draft. That's true. You, you gave up the first and you gave up the second. I think the first was completely unprotected, right? right. And it also... Wolf, you're, you're, you're hoping Luca's around and it doesn't and matter, right? And that is kind of the other piece of it, right? But, you know, you did give up two players that, like, really? Like, you gave up the two players who could actually... Man, I was going to try to spin this in a really positive way because I've been thinking about this in my head all day. But now that this is coming out of my mouth, I'm realizing that this is not actually a positive spin at all. And that maybe this didn't work because if I'm Dallas now, I'm like, well, what happened to our wing depth? Like what's going on with there now? You sent a text to me earlier and you're like, who are they going to have defend an opposing team's best guard? Like, are we sure about that? And then and then there's the piece of it, like you mentioned, that like we're already kind of at a point where we're like, if they don't get this together soon, you know, what's going to happen with Luca? And for me, at least, it's really difficult to it's not difficult for me to imagine that he could leave, but it's really difficult for me to imagine like him in a different uniform does that make sense like the actual physical act of him going somewhere else would kind of just break my brain even though i get that it's a reality and a move like this where you're going all in but like handy or not handicap but crippling your your depth um i was gonna try to frame it as like did they really give up that much i think what they have to their advantage is i think Kyrie is the best player ever who had as little trade value as he does and was as unwanted as he was. So what they have to their advantage is they really didn't have to give up quote unquote that much for a player that would otherwise command a ton. Does that's that make a hall sense? Of, I mean, he's a hall of famer in his prime. 
Right. And right. we're talking about like, if I'm, you know, a contending team, like, do I really want this to happen? Is this something I really want to give up the farm for? And like Dallas, if this was five years ago, would have had to have given up a lot more. And I think he was, and I could be wrong on this, but when Kyrie originally requested his trade from Cleveland that saw him get shipped to Boston and he gave Dan Gilbert, um, uh, or, uh, who was the, um, uh, what the, I'm Danny blanking Ames. on the GM's name at the time. No, 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 no. The, Cleveland's. Yeah, but he's in David Griffin. The yeah, list David that he Griffin. gave to David Griffin, I think Dallas was on there. It was like Dallas, I think Toronto, Boston, maybe San Antonio. So it's kind of nice, again, assuming I think Dallas was on that list. They're like, hey, eventually they did get their guy. And again, in, in other years, they would have had to have given up a lot more. So they did kind of get away with that, even if it did hurt them down the line. Yeah, for sure. Um, I have... I have a couple takes on this and once I got my jokes off and all that, like I don't think it's as bad for Dallas as other than like um, a team that has already kind of um, interesting culture stuff in its fabric to add him. Like it's just almost, I mean, it goes back. It's kind of like the NFL, like you just you kind of win it at no cost. And at this point you're trying to win, just given just kind of the culture there and what Kyrie's bringing to the table. But that aside, let's look at it from the Nets' standpoint. They want to continue to be competitive. Spencer Dinwiddie obviously is not Kyrie Irving, but Spencer Dinwiddie is a damn good scorer and a damn good initiator, a damn good playmaker. Got a good player. Dorian Finney-Smith, like, I know that for some reason when he got, like, brought up with the Pistons, like I saw on Twitter Pistons fans, like, clowning him. Like, that's, like, almost the exact type of player the Pistons need, a 6'8 wing who can defend and hit threes at an average rate. Like, if the Mavs would have offered, like, an unprotected first and Dorian Finney-Smith for bogey, like, that's something, if I were a GM, I would have thought about because that's the type, exact type of player they need. Um, so, yeah, you, you add that guy. You add another first. Um, so now they can take the couple firsts that they have and maybe even Ben, maybe not Ben, but you could take the couple firsts that they have and they can make another trade. So the Nets remain competitive. They're currently fourth in the East. Um I, I I think they still have a solid, sound roster. Now, as for Dallas, I don't think it's going to work. I think defensively the team is going to be atrocious. They're already 24th before this trade in the NBA. Uh, I know Spencer Dinwiddie's not a good defender, but at least he's 6'6". Um, Kyrie's a generous 6'2". You get rid of your best wing defender. Uh, I would imagine that they're going to do everything in their power to trade Christian Wood by Thursday. Because even the rim protection is not great. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing with them is they also have uh, still have some picks left. I think they could use 2025 and 2027 or something to still make a move. Uh, so I don't think they're done dealing. Plus, they have Christian Wood to, to move if anybody will take him. Yeah, um, you want to talk about reunions? Hey, oh. Yeah, you can. You can uh, that's <laughs> something I'll put money on. But this is the kind of caveat that I think. I mean, I've seen it discussed, but I think this is the big thing for Dallas, why it's kind of a I, – I don't mind the move. So, given their situation with the Porzingis deal and the way Luka kind of exploded maybe a little quicker – like the way <laughs> Luka kind of broke out a little quicker than maybe the team was ready for and they weren't able to bring up build a proper roster. They, built, they did the swing on Porzingis. It didn't work out. Everybody's kind of thought process was – how are they going to build a team next to Luka? How are they going to get this next superstar? They don't have the cap. They don't have this. They don't have that. So they took the swing to go get that guy. 
And I respect that. On the court, when he plays, Kyrie is a top 20 player. People on Twitter were trying to tell me he's not. You guys are insane. When he plays, he's a top 20 player. It's not even up for debate. It's not even a question. Kyrie? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Trust me. It was wild, too, to me. Um, so they took their swing. They're going for it. It's hard to get those tight. And like you said, which I thought was a great point, I hadn't even considered that. That's probably off the top of my head, and there's maybe another situation that I just can't think of, like – the least you amount you give up for a guy who's a prime Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Right, so that's a great point. So they they took their swing, and if it doesn't work, the worst case scenario is. Well, I guess the the worst case scenario in the short term is Kyrie leaves this summer, and all of a sudden the Mavs, who didn't have a lot of cap space, have a ton of cap space. And they're able to do something. They're able to build a better roster. So, I mean, this team is already, like, flirting with 500. I don't think anybody thinks they're going to win the title this year. Maybe they end up – no, you don't. Maybe they end up <laughs> making it to the Western Conference Final. Maybe this Kyrie and and Luka thing – actually, we got to start saying Luka and Kyrie thing. We can't give Kyrie first. It's Luka's team. Yeah, come on. Maybe it works and they stay together and, and then Kyrie takes it to shit. But, like, in the short term, it either works and then they sign up again and hope that nothing goes to hell. Or if it doesn't work in these next few months, Kyrie goes. The Mavs are no longer kind of tied down with the cap. They can make some moves. Uh, They can sign some players. They can build a more proper team around Luka. So I kind of like it for both sides. I just don't think they're going to be very good. Let's get weird. You want to get weird? Capital W, bolded, italicized, underlined. Uh, trade just happened. Oh, breaking news. Real time. What's going on? The Pistons have traded. Stop. Ki- <laughs> ah, okay. Got me oh, excited for a second. I thought we were going to do a live reaction. Let's get weird. Last week I said the only way that Portland, uh, gets off of Nurkic is if it's for a clear upgrade. If it's for, if it's for a big that they're like, this guy is just definitively better or at, at the very least more conditioned than Nurkic. And I had, I had thrown out DeAndre Ayton. I'm sure the money would work on this. They've both signed extensions. They both make pretty decent money. Maybe you got to throw some stuff in. I don't know. If you're if you're Phoenix, I don't know if you do this. But if you're Dallas, do you throw the kitchen sink, Christian Wood, and whatever picks you have for DeAndre Ayton? Mm. Yes, I would. Ooh. But I don't think Phoenix does that because then Phoenix is basically punting on its season. Didn't they kind of already do that by default without making any trades whatsoever? Well, when it's still it's Sunday. Well, I just mean because they're not good. I just that's all I mean. Yeah, just but, they're but just not, they're yeah, bad. yeah, but Booker's been out since December. Yeah, and they're still about five hundred. Like yeah. if you, I, it's, yeah, I don't. I, I if I'm Dallas, I go ask for sure, hundred percent. I'm with you on that. I just don't know if the Suns do that. I think they save everything for KD. Vucevic is kind of gettable, no? Yeah, I would go more like Cat. Ooh. No. Ooh. Wait, are you talking about if you're Dallas? Yeah. No, we we need rim protection. Like, I think they would be fine if they, like, yeah. le- legitimately went and got Nerlens Noel. That would help. Am I – is this a Mandela effect? He's been there, right? He had a stint yeah, there. Yeah, he played there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of another name off the top of my head. Like, who would – like, they need a, a lob threat rim running, like, do you call Atlanta about Clint Capella? John Collins. No. Defender. You need defenders. He could send some shit off the backboard. 
Yeah, but he's barbecue chicken. He's too small. <laughs> I'd call about Clint Capella. They have a Kong Wu. They're ready to let him go, like Jason let him Hayes. blossom. Go see. I mean, it might be a, it, it might be bad, but like I think Jackson Hayes. Eh, I don't know. That's a lot. I don't, of, that's a lot of personality on that team. Yeah. Like I would, if I were Dallas, I'd call about Clint Capella and see what you can get. That's a way safer pick, I think. Yeah, you know what you're gonna get. Yeah. Do you want to do you want to call your shot with OG? Where's he going? Memphis. It's it's Memphis or New Orleans. It's one of them. Yeah, I think Memphis has too much in the chamber and the most. I think it's time to strike. They have had that asset pot stirring for a while. They've been cooking that. They've been marinating yeah. those assets for a while, letting everybody see how good they are. Nothing's really depreciated. Everything's just you know getting that nice flavor, that nice texture. Yeah, just been watching a lot of Hell's Kitchen. Sorry, <laughs> but but I I think. If I had to put money on it, Memphis is probably. I mean, ripped is Iyer Williams though. That's too bad. He had a. Yeah, good I was going to say our guy would be a guy would definitely be across the border. Probably, yeah. I would probably think because they. It sounds like they want reports are saying they want players more than picks, I guess, or uh, and picks. But like you, I would, you would assume Xavier Tillman. You would assume uh, Zaire Smith. You would. Zaire Williams. Was, Zaire Smith had the. Yeah, sorry, allergy. Zaire Williams. If I were Memphis, I would try to trade Dylan Brooks, make them take Dylan Brooks to make the money work. <laughs> um, Throwing the picks, and yeah, like I, I would go for it if I were them. Ooh, can we? I, was, I don't mean to harp on this because it's not that serious, and we're not a Mavericks podcast. Do you call about Mo Bamba? Sure, mm. why not? Yeah, you got some stuff to throw around. Doesn't hurt. Yeah, I'm sure right. Nico Harrison's doing his due diligence. Jury's out though, because if I've had a, a hierarchy in the last few years about what GMs are idiots, if I had like an idiot idiometer, yeah, if I had an idi- idiometer, Monty McNair has been kind of the the leader in the clubhouse in that department. But now I'm not so sure. And then Kobe oh, Altman was the beam. I love that so much. I think more teams need to have stupid gimmicks like that. Well, not all teams. If the Warriors had a gimmick like that, it would be just annoying. But, like, the bad teams. Well, the Kings aren't bad anymore, and that's kind of why it's fun. But anyway. It's it's weird because Memphis has light the beam, too. Do they really? I literally didn't even know that. Oh. Oh, You you didn't hear about the story? So what's funny, I literally read that 20 minutes before we get on, (laughs) and I just saw a screenshot from The Athletic, and I was about to text you, be like, what the hell is this about? Is that? That's real? The John Morant thing? Well, he's denying that it wasn't a gun, but... Denying that it wasn't a gun or denying that it was a gun? He's denying it was a gun. Okay. Be weird to be like, no, 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 it wasn't not a gun. That was definitely a gun. The league didn't find anything that said it was, so... But there was certainly... He's trying to act like there was no investigation when the team, his team that he plays for, gave a... That's my favorite thing is like when players try to get upset at the media... But, buddy, the Grizzlies gave a statement saying the league looked into this thing. Like, there, it's not like there was a there was not a thing there. There was a yeah, thing. The it, league yeah. looked into it. It's not like nobody leaked anything. Yeah, the team re- said yes. The league looked into this and found nothing. Yeah, I so. just now saw that. That's crazy. But the other GM that I was like is Kobe this Altman. Kobe Altman was the one. And, and when I was working for uh, buckets, I remember we did a whole we dedicated an entire live show 
I had recorded every single move that he ever made, and we put it on a board in two categories, idiot or not an idiot, and technically we ended up finding out. It came down to the last move, uh, which at the time I don't remember what it, it was. the Rajon Rondo trade. That's what it was, because at the time I was pissed about that. I was like, Kobe Altman is literally the stupidest GM on the planet. That Rondo, Rondo was a was. Cavalier. Yeah, you don't remember that? It was Holy for like a... It was last deadline, I think, is when it happened. Um, and it came down to that, and that kind of ended up working for a little bit. And we ended up discovering that Kobe Altman was not an idiot. I say all of this just to say, Nico Harrison, I am I got my eye on you. <laughs> I think so. It's, I thought I saw somebody there's a relationship there with him and Kyrie. I forgot where it's from. Uh, isn't Nico Nike? Was he a Nike guy? I can't remember. That sounds right. Um, yeah, I think right now, like, like the butt of all joke GMs, I mean, obviously, Polinka. Is probably I mean, the, the perpetual Sure. Um, who else would we put in there? It was Tim Cato that bodied Harlebob, right? That was him. He's the reason that, that was he got him fired. That reported the story. I don't know if that was Tim that brought that to light. Yes. God, you want it? Actually, I'm so dumb. That's how I I forgot. That's how I know Tim Cato. That he's the reason. I was like, what is this guy's deal? And then I found out who he was. And ever since that story, this is coming you, back to me now. I told him that. My podcast co-host is obsessed with him. That he has a, <clears throat> that he has his athletic mugshot um, above his, above his toilet. There are three athletic writers at the top of my little feed and app. It's you, Eric, and Tim. Thank you. Yeah, and then the other one was, and I've mentioned this to you before, but um, I am blanking on his name because he Jason hasn't been Jones. Jason. It was Jason Jones. Okay, that was his name. Yeah. Uh, he, worked, he, he covered the Kings. He now works in like the background. Of, I was gonna say it was like three yeah. years ago anyway, so it didn't really matter. Yeah. Alrighty, James. Uh, we're running a little bit long, so we're gonna power through the end here. Last what else week do we have. The, oh, the, yeah. The, the, the follow up. A week ago, we read an email that um, was shocking. It was an emotional roller coaster. It was just, uh, it was one of the favorite emails that we've read on this show. It was about uh, uh, one of Don't our lovely listeners. It, one of our lovely listeners, that one was forced, who had a dream about James. And he, in great detail, told us about the dream. Since then, since the time has passed, we did receive a follow up email. And this guy was just such a good sport about it uh, that I just want to read this. Just And I am going to leave out names again. Um, try to do that on the show, use my own discretion with that stuff. And I just, I, again, I appreciate that, that this guy got, uh, as much out of it as we did. Um, if, if, for those of you who listened last week, you'll remember that James's question to this guy was, um, how many drugs are you on at one time when you are having these dreams? So that is what and I, I was say. joking. But and yes. he was of course kidding. So the email that he sent in, uh, after that episode aired was, hi guys, a few things that I want to say. One, thanks for reading it. I appreciate it being read on the pod, and so I have some sort of live reaction to the experience. It was kind of funny just listening to my email being read out and James going, what the fuck, through the entire thing. It was a real dream and was not fabricated whatsoever. And because of that rush waking up, I didn't feel like proofreading it because, frankly, it had that vibe in the dream. It all just happened spontaneously, and I just want to write everything down all at once, spur-of-the-moment type stuff. Happy that I helped give you some content, though. I ended up writing it and pressing send because I always wanted to start documenting my dreams. Because it involved James, I figured it was funny enough to either make your guys' day or a story to tell on the pod. I'll probably never have that happen again, at least when it relates to you guys. Well, I mean, yeah, we're doing it on, again man. right now. Yeah, no, on. I'm just saying we're doing it again right now. So, like, congrats. Hey, well, double no, whammy I'm saying, for this guy. Don't rule out the 
the fact you might dream about us again. Come on. There's always a oh, chance. Geez. Well, hey, that's true, right? Uh, I forgot where I was. But maybe I'll start journaling or something. A dream of that caliber does not happen often. Maybe like twice in a year. Maybe more often, but I don't know because I never write them down. You'll be happy to know I don't do drugs. That was not an acid trip or a passed out drunk episode. That was just from a late Friday night playing some board games and an escape room. As a quick aside, escape rooms terrify me, and I never want to do one. But uh, credit to this guy for having the um, uh, predilection to uh, – that's not the word I wanted to use. Anyways, I went to bed at like 3 a.m. that day and woke up about 40 minutes before I sent that email. Ironically enough, I'm known in my friend group and in my family as a psycho, kind of, because I never drank a sip of alcohol in my life. I'm 22. Good for you, dude. Don't 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 succumb to the peer pressure. And don't I've do, never don't do drugs or drink alcohol ever. And then he followed that up with, and I've never partaken in drugs. So it was funny Good to hear you two basically spin this around when you were taken aback by the sheer craziness of it all. My dreams are definitely movies. In hindsight, I wish my delivery was better knowing that it was read on the podcast. Well, you've nailed the vernacular of this email and the punctuation and everything. And you know what? It's funny. I'm realizing this in real time. I had made a comment last week about how it wasn't spaced out. The email wasn't. It was just one huge paragraph. He spaced this one out. So it's a little bit easier on my eyes to read. So I appreciate that uh, from our friend here. Yes. Anyways, especially because I'm not a bad writer by any means, I'm nothing special, but I could usually write pretty well if I try. But no, honestly, it was pretty I, good. And that I had woke, it was good. I had woken up literally 10 minutes before starting to write the email, and I decided that I expressed and remembered enough of the main slash funny points well enough that I could get the message across. I love your podcast. I listen to it every week. It was also cool to listen to my own story on the podcast, and it'll just kind of be there on your podcast list forever. And maybe someone will be like, remember that weird dream guy? I do kind of hope this guy kind of becomes like a Wait, hey, he said the dream he, guy did he say he wrote the email 10 minutes like within 10 minutes of waking up yeah he did so he emailed us with a morning oh never mind hey yo uh <laughs> i figured you guys would get a kick out of reading that and james that was our lovely emailer he did also you had mentioned that he had uh, uh, sent you a dm, a DM yes it's a it. gentleman that i i uh talk with often on on twitter in the reply so um he reached out. We had a laugh about it. I told him I was really – I thought it was cool Flattered. that he shared it with us, and um, we were appreciative of it. And Yeah, it's not – I think that's a great idea, actually, to journal your dreams. I kind of – I used to have some weird dreams. I haven't – I don't really dream as much now because, like, I'm just always – I'm so tired during the season. Like, I'm just knocked out, um, mm. or at least I don't remember them. But that's something I kind of actually want to do because I do – I've been wanting to start journaling, so maybe that's I'll start with dreams. I like that. I like that idea. Can I give you credit for something that I've been meaning to do for a while? I was going to text you about it, but I thought it would be a little bit more authentic, and sure. you would appreciate it more if I just said it to you, you yeah. know, as a man. Please. You haven't really been skipping games this year. Like, you've been going to the arena. You've been showing up, being a good soldier, getting on that <laughs> plane, going I to the arena. Skip games. No, I'm not saying skip, but, you know, you, you know, in other years, you'll occasionally take a night off every now and then, like, because you deserve it, right? You're you're a hardworking guy. But this year, I haven't heard a ton of, like, yeah, I just didn't go to the arena tonight. So I just, I give you props for that because it's a tough year to, to really stick through it. Yeah, I only missed one home game this year, and it was because I was flying to Paris that night. Flex. That was, well, for work. But, yeah. Oh, I had to go to Paris for work. Oh, my God. This oh, might be our man. longest pod of all time, 108. Now that I, I don't look know up, I haven't even is. looked up. It might be. 
I give I give us credit though because I did not say twenty minutes ago. Alrighty, James, let's wrap this up. I just let the podcast just flow. Let it go. I respect it. If you listen to the, all of this, shoot us an email or reply on Twitter. <laughs> Tell us that you listened to the entire hour. Because of the show. I, 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 don't that I, I don't think I would. I don't think I would. I don't think I would if I were. That's a. I just want to know who's loyal. I want to know who's loyal. Who listens to the end? I'm sorry. That's why. I, that's why I put the Jeremy Grant nugget last. Oh, I want sure. to see who I want to see who reads, reads to the end. Yeah, it's not like we can get the pod aggregated though, because you already reported that. No, Which no, no. We don't I'm, I'm saying aggregated. in my story. That's why I put it last oh, to see who reads to okay. the end. God, gotcha. I'm curious to see who listens to the end here. All right, here. If you're listening at the end, tell me. Um. All right. If you're listening to this at this point in time, if you and you got to the end, tweet at me and tell me. My f- just my favorite number is 421. Tweet me 421 if you listen to this. Or just tweet you, don't worry about it, sweetheart. Yeah, tweet me, don't worry about it, sweetheart. It's that's 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 splat. That's that's splat. Don't worry, you know, don't worry about it. They always tell me, asking me, why you what you smell like. Don't worry about it, sweetheart. You know, you did ask, even though you amended it to a tweet, you did say email us, but you did not say the email. So do you want to give the listeners no, our email? That's all you. I would never. I can't do it like you do it. Go ahead. If you are interested in sending us an email, it is bunandcardigan at gmail.com, spelled, spelled phonetically. phonetically. So it is A-N-D, not an ampersand, bunandcardigan at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. Uh, James, any closing notes on what is apparently the longest pod that we've ever... I'm so sorry that it's been the longest pod we've ever done. Also, I love learning that... I don't have to that, be sorry, but I'm just, I am just... I don't remember ever looking up and we did a minute 10. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just still... I'm being a little sassy because I'm still harping on when you said... Um, there's a reason why so many people hate that you do the podcast with me. I knew that was going to bother you, and I could tell when I said it in time, and I almost like felt bad. But then it's like almost, I almost felt no, bad. No, 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 no. <laughs> you already know that I don't. We always find a way to do an extra five minutes. Listen. Oh, hey, we'll get out of here. No, I'm sorry. You tied no, no, up no, no, with something. No, no, no. We'll something finish it here. We'll finish it here. We'll finish it here. Do it once a week. God forbid we go a little bit long. Shut your mouth. <laughs> we. Early on when we did the pod, people were like, yeah, uh, I like James, but the Nicholas Hankel guy, blah, blah, blah. He's crazy. He doesn't know what he's saying. He drinks beer. He poops, all that stuff. Did You, you saw that stuff early on, right? I didn't see the poop part, but I saw you know the what I stuff. mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, all I was yeah. referencing. Because there's people that think, like, you just say crazy things and that's it. And it's like, no, you don't. You actually say insightful things, as you did when you gave your um, – I forgot where we talked about next after that, but your th- your thoughts on that, your thoughts 99% of the time are good. But then you have that 1% where you say things like Dwayne Dedman, not Dwayne Dedman, Damian Dotson reminds you of Alec Burks. That's where the people want your head off. I would never say anything like that. If you gave me his seat, I would tell you about how uh, the, the Pistons should have never traded Sekou. Yeah, we need more of that in the airwaves, in the podcast airwaves. Don't Listen, we? you are if if we ever if we ever won a podcast award, it's because of you. You know that, man. Come on, don't don't get in your feelings. You know, if there's anything I I've feel worked bad. in the last few months, and you know this, like you know that I've been trying to like really take this seriously over the last few months. You know what? One little thing I've consciously done is is I've stopped myself from being a verbal listener. Where I just, and I always mean it in a very good-natured way, but when I listen to someone talk, like if you're saying something, I'll just go, yeah, yeah, 
Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. 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 That's good. That is... And I've, I've consciously tried to stop doing that, right? So intermittently, you know, I'll have one here or there because I'm just, you know, interacting with you. But for the most part, if you're talking, I just try to backseat it because I hate listening to verbal listeners. Um, so that's 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 one thing. But but it's funny that. Do you think this is a 50 50 pod or do you think it's because I view it and I do this purposely, I view it as 60 40 you. Like episodes it, like today. The other way, I view it the other way as 60 40 you. I feel like you're the star of the show. Use today as an example. Why would it be 60-40 me? You're the one who talks to everybody. I mean, every now and then, yeah, every now and then you're going to focus in on, um, uh, you're going to do an episode on the on Teddy Perkins, but it's still, it's still about Donald Glover. You know, if I did a 15-minute segment on, on Teddy Perkins, that would be a little too like serial killerish. Like if I was like did like a deep dive on like his person, I don't know if I would want to listen to somebody do that because that's a scary character. I would love a Teddy Perkins spinoff. Didn't he? Oh. Where was it? He went to like the Grammys or like the Emmys oh, yeah, or something right. dressed as dressed Teddy as Perkins. Teddy Perkins, that's and it was right. just like I've only ever seen that episode like twice, and it's maybe been like three years since I've seen it. But I just remember it like shook me to my core. It was the, shocking. The first time I watched it, it creeped me out. Yeah. But then I also like after it was over, I'm like, this is some of the best television I've ever seen. One hundred percent. I I never I still haven't seen what is it season three the most it's recent. Very line. good. Yeah, I've heard nothing but great things. There's I just an never MF got around Doom to it. episode. Really? Wow. Like where it's like a oh yeah, and like Earl's sweatshirt has like original music where he's the it's a you'll. I'd recommend watching. It's good. But thank you guys for listening. Um, oh, we're done? Yeah, we're I'm done. I'm goofing on you. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate five stars, leave a review, subscribe if you're feeling generous. If you if you leave a nice review, I always send it to James. So that is your incentive to leave a review if you feel so inclined. If you're listening to this on Spotify, you can also leave five stars. Please We will do. catch you guys in the next one. Don't worry about Don't worry about it, sweetheart. This that's black. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10 
$10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.